Welcome to Invited In, a podcast that connects the global family Samaritan's Purse. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and we just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And as we celebrate Christmas, um, you know, sometimes this season can be difficult. It can be hard if you're not with family, you're living overseas, or you're, or you're just far from home or grieving loved ones that you've lost. And so we just wanted to talk today about how, despite your circumstances, you can celebrate Christmas season um, and enjoy whoever the Lord has put in your life during this time. You know, here at Samaritan's Purse, we have staff that lives all over the world, you know, whether it's a country office or one of the hospitals through World Medical Mission, we have people that have left the comforts of home to live and serve overseas. And so uh, Christmas and holidays can be difficult because they're not physically with their loved ones. But I love hearing from them and, and the ways that the Lord meets them where they are, comforts them, and, and shows them you know, that He, Christ, is always with them. So no matter where they are, uh, they have that eternal home and peace. Uh, and so today we just wanted to talk about Christmas and embracing new traditions, new seasons, wherever you're in. And so we had Ryan Lane in the in the office the other day at the international headquarters in Boone. Ryan serves as our country director in Ukraine, uh, but he has served actually in many country offices. Uh, he most recently was in Ethiopia. So he has served in so many different countries in many different capacities. And we talked to Ryan a lot uh, on the podcast for On the Ground and Invited In. Most of the time it's on Zoom. And we we always love hearing from him, but it was especially uh, special to be in person. And so while Ryan was in town, we, we of course, he updated us on the work in Ukraine. Uh, but then we also talked about how he is able to embrace um, each season of life wherever the Lord has put him and, and how he adapts to cultures and, and really... Uh, puts down roots wherever he is. And so wherever you find yourself this Christmas, whether you're grieving the loss of a loved one, you are you know, not able to carry out traditions that you've had in the past, or you're far from home, you're missing family members, I know that many of our staff throughout Samaritan's Purse, they make sacrifices. Um, you know, some, in fact, Edward last year for Christmas, he was in Kentucky. Um, and many of our staff were serving a Christmas lunch and serving after the tornado there. And so wherever your loved ones are this year, we just wanted to encourage you and show you that that Jesus, and we know this, He is the reason for the season. I mean, He is why we celebrate uh, Christmas. And so we can have that joy and that peace, just like the Advent candles of hope, joy, peace. Um, we can have that year round, but even at Christmas time no matter our circumstances. And so I know you'll love hearing from Ryan today. He'll encourage you um, to find the beauty um, wh wherever you are, especially this Christmas season. So you'll love hearing from him. Um, I always love having our international staff in town to hear updates. So here's my conversation with Ryan Lane. We live all over the world, and I think some that live overseas can feel isolated and maybe cut off, uh, especially during Christmas time yeah. when they're separated from family. I know you have lived and served in many different roles in many different countries all over the world. So maybe can you share just kind of uh, where God has taken you with Samaritan's Purse? Where mm -hmm. have you lived and served overseas? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> could take an hour. Yeah, yeah. There's, there is a lot of places. But it's, you know, for me, for my part, I came, um, I've been doing this, this line of work mm -hmm. um, for, for a long time. Um, 
for most of my life since I graduated from college. Um, and so, you know, with different organizations um, and, you know, I, I really came in closest to contact with Samaritan's Purse for the first time when I was living and working in Iraq and mm-hmm. Syria. Um, and I wasn't with Samaritan's Purse at the time, um, but I met some really great Samaritan's Purse folks there and, and got really connected into into mm-hmm. their world um, and and everything that they were doing there alongside the work that, that my organization was doing um, in Iraq at the time. And so a lot of those friendships remained, um, and it was a few years later uh, when I got a phone call from someone saying, hey, like we're doing a dart in Greece, you should really come. And I had just finished one contract and I said, no, that's, that's really good. So um, I'll put in my application and I've got this, uh, I have a prior commitment for a three month period in one month. And so when I get back from that, then that's probably around the time, maybe while I'm in Senegal doing this thing, then they'll give me a call and we can do an interview and maybe I can deploy when I get back. And I mm-hmm. put in my application and the next day I get a phone call saying, hey, we'd like you to deploy mm-hmm. when tomorrow. <laughs> okay, all right, I, I guess, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm, only, I'm only able to go for one month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> and so that was my first uh, experience with Samaritan's Purse was put in the application and, uh, and then, you know, the next step is get the phone call and the next step is deploy. And so I really appreciated that genuinely. Um, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a cool look into <laughs> the way that SP mm-hmm. operates. So I, w- I went to Greece and that was another case where, um, you know, they told me, I don't even remember actually uh, the island that I was supposed to go to. I think it was probably Samos or something like that. And then while I was in the air, then that changed. And when mm-hmm. I landed, they said, you know, welcome, but you're actually going to Hios instead. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Like I know nothing about Hios. That wasn't the one that I was looking up, but... Um, you know, it was to this island, and I became the area coordinator for for Hios. Um, and I, I came back a few times on the dart before um, I applied for a full time position and came in as area coordinator uh, mm-hmm. for Lesbos and Samos. And so I spent time with Samaritan's Purse there in Greece um, as an area coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, came to the country office um, as uh, as the the UNHCR program manager for the last few months of of that office. Um, and at that point, then I, I kind of started this journey of, of, of going from office to office. So mm-hmm. I went into Uganda as the deputy country director, and I was deputy country director for just, I think, a month and a half, two months um, before the, the country director stepped out. And I took on the, the acting country director role in Uganda. Um, and I was there for a year and then over to Dominica as the country director for a year and then from Dominica to the Bahamas for a year as the country director um, and then from the Bahamas to Ethiopia for a little over a year and three quarters nearing the two-year mark before mm-hmm. they asked me to come be the country director in Ukraine. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's been quite the journey. I, mm-hmm. I think I might have been country director of a larger number of country offices than anybody mm-hmm. else. Someone told me that once. I'm not sure if that's mm-hmm. a compliment or not, but... <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's been uh, quite the ride. It's been an an interesting mixture. I think a lot of country directors are country directors of a single office for a very Mm -hmm. lengthy period of time. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's been more of a mixture between DART and country office. That's Mm -hmm. kind of been the through line that I have with Samaritan's Purse. And I I really feel like God has led me in every step Mm -hmm. along the way, um, to, to the proper place, for me to be within mm-hmm. Samaritan's person. It's been, it's been a great journey. Mm-hmm. That's why you're the perfect person for this episode. You have lived amongst many different people groups, mm-hmm. uh, many different contexts, refugees. I mean, you've just really 
I think, fallen in love with lots of different people mm, and yeah. cultures. And yeah. so I think for you, I don't want to speak for you, but, you know, home probably has a different meaning. Yeah. I mean, you have lived in many different homes. And so yeah. I guess I just, you know, ask for those that are living overseas, because it is a sacrifice. And mm-hmm. like you said, some live long-term, uh, but some are willing to be flexible and go wherever the Lord needs them mm-hmm. to go. And mm-hmm. so yes. I guess, what does the word home mean to you? Yeah. Um, and and just how has that impacted just even approaching the holidays? Because yeah. you probably lived... Yeah in many different homes for holidays, given yeah. up, being with yeah. your family. Yeah. So what does that mean to you? Yeah. Well, for me, in like the deepest sense, I think home is where my wife is, mm. right? Like mm-hmm. where our where our family unit is, mm-hmm. where we are together, then that, that always feels like home. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big, it's been a big part of it for me. And, and Megan has just been incredible as we've we've moved from place to place and and made a new home with each other everywhere mm-hmm. that we, we go. Um, and every place has well, one of the things that I, I counsel to interns and apprentices and new hire staff, um, anybody that's new to the field, anytime that they come out, is like find the things that are find the things that that make a place home to you and mm-hmm. don't be shy about it. Hmm. And those can be very minor things. Like what are the things that are gonna make you okay? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you need to be good? Uh, in your relationship with God? What are the things that you need to be okay when you're alone? What are those mm-hmm. things? Because those are the things that you need to be very honest with yourself about first. And they, they can be huge things. They can be minor things. If they're a huge thing, then that might be something that you just have to reconsider whether or not this is exactly the life that you can live in the long term, because mm-hmm. it might not be possible to have those things. And if it's a minor thing, that's great. If it's multiple things, then just, you know, how do you work your way through mm-hmm. that? I would say, like, for me, it's just, you know, one one minor thing to me is I need a hot shower in the morning. Well, that's a pretty minor thing. But, you know, one of the first deployments I ever had when I was a young young man was living in a refugee camp in mm-hmm. the middle of the jungle in Thailand, mm-hmm. like in the middle of nowhere. And so I woke up two hours early every day to build a fire and to boil a pot of water wow. so that I could mix it with the dew that we collected so that I could have a hot shower in the morning because I could sleep on the ground in the middle of a jungle and I was fine, but I needed my hot shower in Hmm. the morning in order to be okay. And so you take those things, you take those things, and I I just wouldn't be properly oriented for a day if I didn't have that. Hmm. And so finding you know, what it is that, that makes a place okay for you to be, no matter how minor it is, mm. latch on to those things. You know, are you going to be able to do your daily devotions? Are you really going to be able to, to pray? Are you really going to be able to interact with people? Are you mm-hmm. going to be able to live a life that is pleasing to God mm-hmm. and that is going to be actually living living out the, the example of the gospel to people around you mm-hmm. if you can't do X, Y, and Z things? Or if you can, then how do you approach it? Hmm. And I think pursuing those things is is really important. And you know who you do it with. Mm-hmm. If you if you you know are married, or if you have kids, and how you approach that as well. Or even if you're alone. If you're alone, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Like being alone, and what do you need in order to be okay in that? Mm-hmm. Because I did this for a very long time before Megan and I met, mm-hmm. and before we got married. And so home now is is Megan. Mm-hmm. That's that's a thing for me now. Mm-hmm. And before we met, then there were other things that that made me okay moving around and and you know, it wasn't tied to a specific person at that point. It was tied very much to to my walk and and, and how mm-hmm. I encountered Christ in the various places that I went. Mhm. I think it's good for people to to juggle and say, "Okay, what is 
Mm-hmm. Non-essential, you know, what is essential, what is non-essential, mm-hmm. what is going to help me function, and it's more, yeah, keeping you connected with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think habits are good, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you live overseas. Um, I always think of Matt Nary when at Christmas time because he <laughs> says their country office just grieves peppermint, you know, the yeah. seasonal like drinks yeah. at coffee shops, or yeah. you know, and just things you never think of yeah. when you live overseas. And some you're willing to give up; yeah. they can give that up. It's not a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. But some that truly set a discipline and a habit mm-hmm. for your day are worth fighting for. Yeah. So that's what I'm hearing you say. Like mm-hmm. it's not trivial to say I need this in order mm-hmm. to serve the Lord well. So yeah. it's it's good to figure out, yeah, what your function. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess just being, you know, you've probably been away from extended family for Christmas before. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, that is a sacrifice. Uh, but again, I think when you realize, and I love hearing people that live overseas because it teaches us what we all should live. Mm-hmm. We are not of this world. Mm-hmm. We are aliens and sojourners. We are not meant to be comfortable and complacent. Uh, but I think so many get into that trap, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm a military brat, so I don't really mm-hmm. have a hometown or I don't have mm-hmm. traditions. Mm-hmm. I don't have, um, so I'm fine if we spend Christmas, you know, in a hotel somewhere else. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. But some people aren't because yeah. they've grown up with mm-hmm. deep-seated family traditions. Not that that's bad, uh, but I think when you're taken out of it, you're, you you learn yeah. that yeah. I'm not of this world. And right. so it keeps you more, I think, heavenly-minded, which yeah. we all should be. Yeah. But... There are still comforts and things that we enjoy. So maybe what have you picked up? Have you spent Christmas in another culture? Oh yeah. Because yeah. there are some nice things to bring into your fold. Uh, yeah. But what are some things that you've missed, and how has the Lord taught you? You know, yeah. when you when you live without. Yeah. When you live without, and and it is again. I think I, I go back to finding the things in the places that you are, because there's always mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. There's always something. You can be, uh, you know, in the middle of the desert in Yemen, you know, and it's Christmas time. Mm -hmm. And all you can see around you are sand dunes Mm -hmm. and camels. And, you know, this is where you are for your Christmas time. But you know what? Have you had a tan over Christmas before? Like people spend a lot of money to go to places (laughs) to get a tan over Christmas Mm -hmm. time. And so, you know, there's something there, even in in Hmm. relatively extenuating circumstances. I'm in Ukraine right now, you know, and, you know, in the lead up to the Christmas season, it's been this weird duality to look at the cold outside Hmm. and the incredible pain that that is causing to people and then what we're doing to address that. And then also... It's been a long time since I've had a white Christmas in in the deployment Mm. offices that we've had, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's snow on the ground and it's beautiful and you look outside and it's just, you know, it feels like Christmas. And so there's that aspect to it. And, you know, you can spend Christmas in Uganda and when was the last time you had fresh pineapple, you know, and, and, you know, decorated Mm -hmm. a palm tree, you know, and things like that. And so I think it really is grabbing a hold. It's not that you have to give up the traditions Mm -hmm. because the traditions are a beautiful and wonderful thing, but I think you, you kind of made that point. Like they're a means to an end. Mm-hmm. The traditions are not beautiful because of what they are. They're mm-hmm. beautiful because of what they represent. Mm-hmm. And I think going back to the heart of that and saying, you know, what is it to be able to to wrap lights around a tree other than the communal aspect of doing that with people that you're close to mm-hmm. and people that you're engaged with? And if you have this, you know, your your staff or your your coworkers or your friends or your your church community in the places that you are, what can you do with them to engage in those types of things? And how can you adapt what you, well, again, what you need? Well, how mm-hmm. can you adapt these wonderful traditions and, and have them show you theirs mm-hmm. and you get to show yours to them? 
Like how wonderful is it to be mm -hmm. able to to cook a turkey on American Thanksgiving, you know, for a group of people that just a turkey. Like, where did you even get a turkey? And did you deep freeze a turkey and pack it in your bag mm -hmm. and bring it all the way from the United States? How did you do this? And so, you know, all of these things, it's just, it's really, really fun to be able to engage in that and treating it as such, mm -hmm. not as some negative, not as something mm -hmm. to be overcome, but a privilege that we have to be able to show our traditions and our cultures and to be able to accept the traditions and cultures of others mm -hmm. and to be able to just kind of glory in that and, and bring the glory where it mm -hmm. should be. Mm -hmm. That's good. Sounds like a lot of it's perspective, you know, and like <laughs> either way you look at it. Yeah. Either I'm looking at my lack or I'm looking at what I have. And mm -hmm. yeah, we've spent, I mean, lots of Christmases, even apart, like, mm -hmm. like you said, the home, like that's the hardest part is when Edward has physically not been with mm -hmm. us and that's hard, but I mm -hmm. think that's what we learned to do too. Mm -hmm. Okay. What are you experiencing? Mm -hmm. What are you, what are yeah. you seeing? And so just seeing the what the the people and the joys that God brought into your life mm -hmm. uh, during the hard and maybe the times where you were separated from mm -hmm. family uh, and to see the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, yeah. we are family. Right. We are brothers and sisters and maybe you you haven't grown up with them, but they mm -hmm. become a close family yeah. for that season. Yeah. And so that's why every Christmas is we think back to certain Christmases and who was who the Lord brought to us in those seasons. And yeah. so that's why sending Christmas cards is hard for our family because we have so many family that we've accumulated over the years, and I'm sure you have too. Yeah. And so many people come to mind, but uh, celebrating that and recognizing that. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess finally for those listening, you know, what encouragement will you send to our staff that are serving overseas and maybe are going through a hard time? And I, I think it especially gets hard. I hear from staff, you know, if a family member is sick or mm -hmm. has cancer and they're yeah. not with them, you know, it is hard to physically be apart. Mm -hmm. You're kind of showing us how to rely on the Lord and, and to see His hand, mm -hmm. even in the in the heart or in the lack. What would you say to our staff members that are separated? Mm -hmm. They are watching war. They are watching conflict. Uh, they're not with their family. They're grieving. Uh, they're hurting. Yeah. I think, to me, the greatest encouragement that I always feel when it comes to me is knowing that the the people at headquarters and, and all around mm -hmm. the world are are praying for us. Mm -hmm. That Just that aspect of we are seen. Mm -hmm. You are seen. People know you. They know what it is you're going through. If you've informed <laughs> individuals mm -hmm. of that that fact, and and people are praying in any case, they're praying for the situation that you're a part of, and they're praying for you individually mm -hmm. and for your office. And that is so far from nothing. That mm -hmm. that is truly everything. And knowing that, knowing that um, you're not alone, knowing that there is this foundation and this, this, uh, you know, that, that this is something that exists. Mm -hmm. It's not a dream, mm -hmm. you know, you're not, uh, you know, by yourself out, out in these places. And it's not even just the people that you're with, but you are a part of something just immensely larger than you can possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. That's always very comforting mm -hmm. to me. And I, I hope it is for others as well. Mm-hmm. We were just working on an episode with uh, about answered prayers, and we were trying to convey to people that, yeah, we meet as devotions every morning to pray and to read God's Word. And we, we have prayer cards. You know, we have pictures of our staff. Yeah. Um, and I encourage people listening, actually reach out to them and mm -hmm. tell them that you prayed. And maybe mm -hmm. ask, yeah, what are specific ways to pray? Um, yeah. Because this is, it is real, it is tangible, and the Lord is our, you know, mm -hmm. Jesus is our intercessor. I mean, He... He knows the details, right. uh, but I think it does make it more personal when we reach out, when we pray. And so, yeah, and encourage staff overseas, mm -hmm. reach out, 
tell yeah. people, you know, just not the surface prayers, but tell them those those longings, those hurts, maybe what your kids are struggling with, or you know, let's let's all carry each other, carry the burdens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because it is, it's partnership. Mm-hmm. We're all doing this together, and we all have a different role to play. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we can get complacent and think our role isn't significant, right. or I'm not a part of. Yeah, and so, but talking to you, I'm like, we can be a part of the work in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by absolutely. praying and and holding up um, those that are carrying it out physically. Through prayer. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Thanks for making time. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you are encouraged, and I hope this allows you to pray uh, for our field staff that are serving all over the world. Uh, we have, we also have a dart uh, right now in Ukraine, so we have a lot of people that have left the comforts of home to serve, um, and will be serving over Christmas. So be praying for our staff all over the world as they serve in Jesus' name, and um, pray for their safety and protection, and that the Lord will meet them where they are. And so I just hope that this conversation encouraged you, allowed you to pray uh, for our staff, but um, we just want to wish you a Merry Christmas from Samaritan's Purse. Uh, Again, our family is scattered all over the world, uh, but we are united knowing that we are celebrating our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, on Christmas. So Merry Christmas, God bless you, and we look forward to bringing more episodes in 2023. Have a Merry Christmas. God bless. God bless.